Hi, and welcome to the Comics Deserve Better podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brian. And with me, as always, Carrie. Hello. And Richard. Hello, hello. Hi. And once again, two episodes in a row, I forgot to say this is where we talk about independent comics. That is the subject of our podcast. Yes, it is. In case you did not read the description. It's not cooking (laughs) or crafting or any other, or cooking. Cooking, crafting, cooking, cooking, whether whether they're hard sea. Conspiracy theories. All right. None of those. Well, um, even though we didn't do it last episode, I do like to start every episode by breaking the ice with a a question. And sometimes I choose the question because I have a story to tell as well. And so this is one of those. And don't worry, usually the stories I have to tell that I'm um, preempting with a uh, question are not very positive about me. So, (laughs) So it's not like I'm doing my own ordinary. Okay. Um, my question for you all today is, um, have you ever purchased something online by accident? Or you purchased something and you're absolutely sure what it was. And when you got it, it was not what you wanted. But you look at the description and they sold, they sent you what they told you that they were sending. They were selling? Yeah. You just you just did not, did not read it right or did not read the description at all. Um. Never, that's never happened to me, but okay. I've heard so many stories, especially with comics. Um, you know how, like, uh, Marvel does those, uh, uh what frick, what are they called? Uh, facsimile editions where someone yes. thinks that they're buying the uh, original copy of an issue and it's the facsimile edition. And the thing is, is that the person like set up the eBay auction in a, in a deceptive manner, but. They like you said. They told you exactly what it was, but it, they they set it up in a certain way that at a glance you could easily make that bad mistake. Oh man! Oh, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I will always lie to Brian and say I accidentally <laughs> bought this um clothing item, this sex toy, something or other. Oh no, <laughs> I have to keep it. Which is funny because I don't it's even... too late now. <laughs> we gotta keep <laughs> yeah, it. We gotta keep it. It's like I don't think I've ever had yeah, you've an never adverse cared. reaction to anything that you've ever purchased. Yeah, and usually so... it's like a I usually the message is always, Hey, I need to say I'm sorry for something. And his response is, What did you buy? And so I'll tell him. <laughs> yeah. So tell us your story, love. Well, um last week after we recorded, I picked up my Wednesday comics and um I was laying down while I was doing this and I started getting sleepy because, you know, podcasting is such hard work. And uh, we were, and as I'm sitting there on Comixology um, and it has the one click buy option there, I must have started touching my screen. You thought that said that this was going to go somewhere else. (laughs) Um, and, And then, and when I, so I woke up and I, I finished purchasing everything and about an hour and a half, two hours later, I get to my tablet and I opened it up and I'll start downloading everything. And there's a book sitting here called uh, I'm the Cat Lord's Manservant, Volume 4. And I was like, what the hell is this? And I'm like, did Carrie buy something? And I'm like, wait, no, she did it because you, you think you were taking a nap at the time mm-hmm. and it was in the middle of my purchases. I'm like, oh my God, I I one click buy, bought something 
by accident. Yeah. And so instead of asking for a refund or anything, I'm sure that Amazon wouldn't even give me a refund, but I was just like, you know what? No, I got to own this. Yeah. This you have was, to read it. This was dumb. I hope it's hentai. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I was going to say, I think maybe that's why that doesn't happen to me. I don't think I have one-click buy set up because I definitely yeah. fall asleep while purchasing. But yeah, I don't have that one-click setup. Yeah. That's so. very smart. <laughs> Yeah, that is very smart. Usually, the, what they've been doing, they or, or, doing... or super lazy at my point that never said it. Up. Yeah. Well, they've been doing a beta test on um, cause because um, on having an actual um, you know, uh, what's it called um, a uh, that word um, wow um, not mailbox uh, uh, oh shopping bag or a, a shopping cart shopping cart thank oh, you shopping they, cart. they yeah. have a digital shopping cart that they they have been beta testing and i've been using that because then i know exactly how much i'm purchasing in comics each week mm -hmm. and then um i they they didn't have it last week that also threw me off because i had to go back to one click buying oh and, yeah, mm. yep it happened it happens to, to everybody or at least me. <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, well, with all that, then I uh, will go ahead and jump into the uh, to our regular show. Uh, like always, we start like to start with a uh, DIY corner. Um, and this week we have just another swamp song by Danny Jeljosevich and CJ Kamba, and it's on Zoop. Um, the uh, the quick description that they have is a pseudo romantic teen horror comedy about an outcast and her friend and her best friend, an increasingly murderous swamp monster. Uh, could things get worse? Yes, it takes place in Florida. Sorry, Richard. <laughs> That's very rude. It's very very rude. For Florida for, is the epicenter of the sports world right now. Yes, it is. And I will take your pot shots. Also tomorrow. <laughs> For some reason, our uh, insane despot uh, governor decided that uh, you don't have to uh, register your gun for concealed carry anymore. So anyone gets a gun starting tomorrow. Oh, yeah. So, you, so, you know, this place is great. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds wonderful. Um, it's, it's, it's a mess down here. <laughs> according to the Zoo page, it is for fans of Swamp Thing, The Shape of Water, Mean Girls, American Horror Story, Heather and Jennifer's Heather's and Jennifer's body. I read that as two apostrophes. Heather's and Jennifer's the, uh, body. The, the, the cover is definitely Mean Girls or Jennifer's body meets Swamp Thing. Is yeah. definitely <laughs> what the cover is evocating. It looks, evoking, yeah, rather. It definitely looks like that. It, look, it looks like fun, you know. I like I like uh, horror and I like uh, you know fun takes on like the romantic comedy as well. So this looks like a, a kind of a cool book to check out. And it just started. Uh, there's about um, um, 29, 28 days left when you're listening to this. Uh, so, yeah, you got about a month to check it out and uh, and help uh, support it. Awesome. That's awesome. Yep. Uh, excellent. Okay. So we'll go ahead now then and move on over to our spotlights. And guess what? Carrie has a spotlight this I week. I know. This <laughs> is... Yes. This is a, an epic... Um moment in time yes it is definitely so uh the spotlight i have is from shortbox by ariel reeves and it is called bowser and luigi are in love so just try and stop me nintendo <laughs> so, um, essentially in 2015 this artist made a tweet that um like 
that their one true pairing or OTP was Luigi and Bowser, that it was like this illicit love affair. And essentially the book is just little comics, like little mini vignettes where it's Bowser and Luigi getting all hot and bothered and trying to keep their romance um, a secret from Mario. Her art, their <laughs> art is it's incredibly adorable. Um, just quite the artist. The coloring is wonderful. the The stories are so cute. Um, there's one now. I've I've honestly never had this experience, and you and it's something that you do see like played up like in movies or whatever. It's when they're learning how to golf, you know, and so the person comes behind you know, the person they're flirting with and then there's mm-hmm. gentle nuts to butts types of situations and there's caresses and whatnot. And so it's Bowser teaching Luigi how to golf. And it's, I mean, it's very All right. And teach your wife how to golf and get some nuts to butts situation going. <laughs> I'm also 15 and call it nuts to butts. So yeah. it's just, it's, it's so funny how and then and then um I I don't know if there's a, a name for it, but it's that that classic kind of comic um shading where it's the horny shading of the cheeks. Mm-hmm. Like you know it's not blushing, you know it's them getting horny, and it's that just I guess like in manga and stuff, it's that little blushing that happens. Oh man, it's so good because Luigi is getting into it and it's the whole thing is just adorable and i'm all for this um interspecies uh like just lovely relationship and this this passionate love affair of luigi and bowser i think that you know they could really save i almost said save hyrule because <laughs> brian's been playing tears of the kingdom but like, oh my god, it's just it's adorable. It's from Shortbox. If you have a chance to um look up this artist, they are um on social media, Twitter, their cousin Eggplant, and then Ariel Reeves on Instagram and Tumblr and ArielReeves.com. Just absolutely talented. So much fun. Uh it's a genius little book, and I'm so happy that I got to read it. It, it's one thing to come up with like a concept that's like, hey, like I wanted, I want to have a Bowser and Luigi romance comic, but then to be able to pull it off and make it fun and entertaining at the same time—that's that takes some real talent. And and I think what's really smart about it is that it's not a really linear story. That's good. There's there's no, <laughs> it, it, there's no kind of like plot line you have to follow. It's just little pictures, and I think as people we've all been in situations where you know passion has ran afoot so we understand the emotions and the feelings that the artist is trying to convey and it's just so fucking hilarious that it's luigi and it's bowser Mm -hmm. and honestly the two of that whole like little world that i think don't get enough love and who never get paired up with people or whatever yeah it's always like Mario and Peach, mm-hmm. you know, but like you never think about the other characters. So this was really fun. This was really smart. I enjoyed it quite a bit. And Bowser's always been not only like my favorite Mario 
adjacent character, but he's also like one of my favorite villain characters too. So yeah, uh, anything with more Bowser. Yeah, and and essentially he's just like a bear. Yeah, I, it's just he's so cute and it's so much fun. That's awesome. I love it. That's very cool. So Ariel did excellent job. Yes, excellent. Awesome. All right. So I have um two spotlights of my own and I'll I'll try to make them kind of fast as well but they are both very good. Um when I chose these I didn't realize that I chose a book from each of the two publishers that are like my go-to publishers like when it comes to like quality books and that's like first second and uh, Europe comics but hey you know I guess <laughs> it just worked out that way. <laughs> so um the cuz I you know I I had a lot of catching up to do during our our break when it came to comics, and I read a fuck ton of books. <laughs> so <laughs> it was kind of hard to pick a couple books, and so because uh, there was a lot of good stuff I read, and so um, but uh, I just kind of figured these were kind of like ones that maybe a lot of people are not talking about, and two are you know kind of just really good books that everyone should just, just definitely read. Um, I'll start with the sad one first, <laughs> uh, and then I'll go into the happier one. <laughs> uh the, the 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 sadder one but also still very good and very much a, a must read is hungry ghost by victoria ying and lynette wong uh it's from first second books and uh basically it's a story about val uh she is um of uh, taiwanese um descent and so in this story it's about her struggles to be kind of like the perfect daughter to her mom. Her mom, unfortunately, has given her an extreme case of body dysmorphia and also an extreme fear of getting fat. And, you know, and like the way the way Val is written in this or drawn in this book, she's a little toothpick. And like, and so... And like, but yet, like, that's just the thing that's just kind of hanging over Val's head constantly. It's like, oh, you, you know, if you're gonna, you can taste, but you can't eat it, you, you know, like stuff like that. And then her best friend is like a bigger girl. And so whenever they're, you know, the, the, she's not at the house, you know, basically the mom talks shit about her friend saying oh it's so hard to get you know get thin once you're fat i see i feel so bad for her and no one's ever gonna like w- want to date her or things like that so obviously val's you know friends with this person and uh, you know but unfortunately that kind of negativity seeps in and she's kind of has that kind of same feeling and then when a mutual crush of theirs chooses her friend she kind of like loses it also content warning um eating disorders uh definitely are a big part of the story unfortunately uh that's the way that val is uh dealing with um you know with the, the whole body dysmorphia as well as the fear of uh, of getting fat is uh she's um uh she is bulimic and so um and it so it deals with <clears throat> these kind of tough things as well um but it also it very honestly deals with them um victoria ying mentions at the end of the book that this is not a true story but there's elements taken from it and but it feels very honest um and it feels very real um 
you know, they're, they're kids and like emotions run rampant with kids. So there's definitely kind of a, a meltdown fallout time in this story, but there's also, you know, you know, rebuilding and there's also being able to build yourself back up. So it's, it's a very beautiful story. It's well, well drawn. Um, she, she does the the main art and she, as well as the, the writing in it. It's, it's fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I definitely recommend like when I got this book, um, I I thought the cover looked pretty and and then I also like Hungry Ghosts and I'm like, oh, like, you know, like the 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 ghosts in like East Asian, you know, mythology, like that are basically like vampires. And oh, I'm like, okay. oh cool, this is like a cool paranormal story. And then yeah. I'm like, oh no, it's about an eating disorder. But yay. Oh god. I was yeah. happy about it though. You know, it was still really good. So definitely recommend. That's awesome. Okay. Um Next up is um, a more fun one from, and this one's from Europe Comics. It's called "Devil on Her Shoulder." The this is the complete edition. Uh, it's from uh, Sandra Cardona and Cedric Maven or Mayen. Sorry, I misread that V because it looked like or a Y because it looked like a V when I read it. Uh, and this, uh, so this is a fun little fantasy story. It's a kind of a cool. Uh, I'll, if you are looking for fun fantasy magic alternatives to like Harry Potter for obvious reasons, this is a really good one. It's 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 all ages. Uh, so this one is about um, get the my my notes here. Uh, the um, I keep clicking on the wrong notes. There it is. Um, <laughs> this is it's about Nora. Um, so she lives in a magical world uh the, the the little city that they live in is kind of um a like the influ the 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 con- conduit between like the magic world and the real world and so there's just like a lot of crazy kind of magical stuff going she goes to a magical school but the, the rub here is that nora is the only one there who has like no magical powers and and like everyone's kind of like why is she going to the to the to this magical school when she can't do magic and everyone kind of feels like she's an epo baby because her the person who raises her um is her aunt and her aunt is known to everyone as the bruja and she's like you know the top shit she's like the 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 ultra the witch of like the um you know she's part of the council she's like you know she's famous and popular everyone loves her and so what happens is is her aunt goes missing and um, and she was given a key to the aunt's apartment in case she ever had gone missing. And um, she um, goes in there. But what happened is the um, Bruja's familiar, which is this little cute blobby demon, mm-hmm. um, what started um, the uh, started a a conjuring of the devil of a demon. Right, but since the little tiny like blobby demon like uh, um, like familiar, he gets it wrong, <laughs> and he only conjures half of Lucifer <laughs> into the world, <laughs> and so Lucifer's stuck in a basically in a bo- in a pot, and so um, like you know, Nora goes in is looking for you know like information on what happened to her aunt um lucifer's basically like um help me out uh, you know i don't know what happened to her but you help me i help you 
you know and so essentially she uh ties lucifer to her backpack mm-hmm. and so he hangs out in her backpack while they basically go on a search for um for her aunt and it turns out you know that everything might be tied together and it might be some kind of uh power move by another demon that uh, has caused all this uh this shenanigans that's so, really cute. Yeah, it's it's well done. I love the art. This is like some of my favorite art I've seen in a very long time. Um, it's very like the colors are very like faint in a way uh, that it feels very dreamlike. And, you know, like I said, it's an entire city of like magic users and like magical creatures. So, yeah, it has a very much a uh, dream feel to it. And um and yeah, it's it's a little fun journey. Uh, the characters are awesome. Um, the, the devil mostly um, is in the shape of a fox, which is very appropriate. Appropriate, excuse me. Um, and um, and yeah, like he he looks like a little nineteen thirties like kind of Max Fleischer cartoon. That's cute. Uh, so yeah, it look it's a it's very much a fun and very interesting comic. And so I um, definitely recommend this. Um, once again, I always say this about comics that have been translated into English uh, from a different language, uh, especially when it comes to Europe comics. It's they're not going to choose a bad book to to, to <laughs> translate because you know, like it costs money in this time, and obviously they gotta they gotta get a return on their uh, their investment. So yeah, they they. Um, I I feel most of the time it's like if you don't like something from like Europe comics, it's probably just it's just not for you. It doesn't mean it's not a quality book. Yeah. So <clears throat> so yeah. Um, very very much big recommend. Um, I'm actually looking for the the uh, the person who had translated it. This was originally uh, published in French, by the way. Um, and the original title was called Witch Club. The uh, translation into English was is uh, by um, James Hogan. Cool. So yeah, that's it on that. And so we'll guess we'll go ahead and move on. Uh Richard, are you there? We might have to edit this part out. He's not as oh as okay. Desk, so okay. oh there he is. <laughs> okay. We can just edit that. No, sorry. I, was <laughs> I just was like, oh, literally right before you like you're there, I was like, oh, Brad's wrapping up, so I gotta get that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. This is staying in. Yeah, okay. Excellent. Fair enough. I, I am ready with my spotlight. Yay. Yes, excellent. <laughs> Sounds good. I um I picked up Torrent number one, mm-hmm. and it is by Mark Guggenheim, Justin Greenwood, Rico Renzi, and Keith Wood. And uh, do you want a book that uh doesn't get made? This is about a uh stay-at-home mom superhero, <laughs> <laughs> which I feel like I think I've read one of. Did you ever read uh the uh, mid two thousands Manhunter? Um, from DC? Yes, I did. I actually love that series, and I wish they would bring back Kate Spencer. Yeah, me, yeah. yeah me, you and me both, but it's oh. one of the only times where the character is a mom, and like that's a big point of the story. There's other characters that have kids, but they just happen to have kids, but like, mm-hmm. no, this is like a mom juggling all the mom stuff <laughs> mm-hmm. and also fighting crime at night. So yes, we meet our main character, Michelle Metcalf. He goes by the superhero named Crackerjack. And she's, like, the most badass, the badass superheroes, to the point that, like, in her town, like, there's not a lot of super villainy going on anymore. Like, most of the uh, super villainy is a rap. And uh, so she does come up against some, like, amateur villains. And even she's like, why are you guys trying this? Like, you're not top tier. Like, I'm just going to take you out. 
and she has a uh she doesn't doesn't have a sidekick there's a potential superhero named slipstream that like helps her and he really wants to be her sidekick but she's not that interested but <laughs> like they're friendly enough that he knows her secret identity he knows where she lives he knows her, her whole info uh they during this little battle they're able to stop the uh the the, the criminals but Slipstream uh, gets a, he gets like a laser blast to the knee. And so she brings him back to her place and she has like, you know, some sort of technology to help him heal up. And he, uh, and she tells him basically, hey, this helps you heal up and you got to stay off the leg for 48 hours. But he just basically feels so great after the spray. He discounts what she says. He's like, well, she's a mom and moms worry all the time. So I don't need 48 hours. And he sees a crime in project progress and tries to stop it. And basically his knee gives out and he gets his ass kicked. <laughs> and at which point uh, he gets captured by like the head guy of all the supervillains. Like basically the supervillainy in this world, it seems to be run more like a business. And at least uh, for Crackerjack, she knows who this uh, top supervillain is. But like, I guess she can't get to him. Like the guy that runs the organization. And they uh, torture Slipstream. His name, his real name's Simon. And to the mm. point that he gives up uh, Cracker Jack, her location, and all her information. And the issue ends with a full assault on Cracker Jack's house. Her husband gets killed. And I think her son gets kidnapped. And it's really, really dark. So that's basically all of issue one. But Thanks. it is a heck of a starting point for this book. and definitely had me invested for more. Also, uh, Cracker Jack, she seems to be like an African-American woman. She's, you know, she, her husband's Hispanic. Her, you know, they have a mixed race child. It's just, you know, it's just like a representation overload in the best way where it's just you're getting a different type of story that like doesn't really get told. And it's told very well. The art is fantastic. The pacing is great. And yeah, I'm just ready for issue two over here. That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. No, yeah, it, um, I, I did. I remember reading this and I, I remember liking it as well. And um, I definitely Mark Guggenheim. Um, he's from the TV uh, kind of like sector. And he, in fact, he, he show ran like a lot of like CW, like DC shows like the, like arrow and um, yeah. I he did flash as well. Um, but, um, but yeah, he, um, and this definitely gives me like mids, you know, like a good, like, middle seasons of arrow vibe to it so you know um it definitely catches your eye you know it's funny you think of him in that and i'm like yeah he read x i i I read his x-men and spider-man that's right (laughs) that's right like i i knew all the information that you just said but like that's not what cues like that's not what i know him for in my mind i'm like oh yeah Yeah. he's right next to spider-man i was like oh yeah he also wrote those he show ran those shows that you used to watch (laughs) (laughs) yeah no yeah and i'm in his x-men run i never read a spider-man but like his x-men run definitely was uh was has some good highlights in it i believe yeah, it, 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 it's not it's not my favorite but i remember yeah. at the time like like he was writing x-men at in like a x-men lull time and like his book is one of the better books in that era absolutely yes and they also he also did x-men in space and i know that's controversial to some but i do love x-men in space 
So I don't know how that's controversial. They go to space all the time. I know, but like, <laughs> a lot of, a lot no, of no, experts, no, I don't know. I know people yeah. get pissed, but I've, I've never understand it because yeah, no, 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 like, like it's pretty set up pretty early in the uh, narrative that they go to space regularly. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know how that upsets people. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're sci-fi. They're literally a sci-fi superhero comic. And what does sci-fi do? They go to space. You know, it's like, that's what, that's what happens. Um, Absolutely. But yeah. All right. Well, yeah, that's, yeah, definitely. Um, I um, like I like I am with a bunch of books. I'm trade waiting, so I'll uh, I'll I'll pick up and read the rest of the uh, the volume once it uh, gets collected. Absolutely, excellent. Sounds good. Okay, so now it's time to talk about something that was never collected because it was uh, it came out as one thing, um, and that's our main subject today, which is uh, "Reckless" by Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips, and Jacob Phillips. And this was my choice. So I'm going to tell you all about it. Um, I real The reason why I chose it real quick is just realize we never did a Brubaker book and we never did a Brubaker Phillips book. And I was thinking, what's a good... We've never done a Brubaker book before? No. no not not wild. That is wild. In the, no, no, the it, inception of the podcast, yeah. we have never done one. But like Carrie, that's so crazy because Brubaker is a top tier writer just generally, but also uh-huh. someone who did make a big show about going independent a few years and not looking back. So like this show, this show seems like it should be tailor made to cover Brubaker stuff. Like, <laughs> I'm shocked that we're just now getting to it. Yeah, I and mean, seriously, it should be like it should be like Brian K. Vaughn um, every other week and then it, it, <laughs> week right, 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 right. Yeah. There's, there's certain people that like, yo, it's like, uh, we're going to just do Brian K. Vaughn, Brubaker, Ram V, and uh, yeah. that could just be the whole show. Exactly. And so, throw some Lemire in there, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. Someone, oh, of course, of course. Of course yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, so yeah, we never did Brubaker and I was like, what's, you know, I, and I, I was like, you know, there's, there's a plethora of stuff to choose and I was like, I want something that has you know, a lot of meat to it, but at the same time, there's not so much lore like criminal as well as it's, it's and I wanted something a little more recent. And so uh this came out in 2020 um or 2021. 2020. It was 2020, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is pretty recent. And the fact also that um uh, so this definitely is a, a pandemic product project. Um and they ended up releasing three uh reckless graphic novels in one year. And I think they did all five within like two years. That's so crazy. that's amazing. And so um and and like I said, if you guys ended up enjoying this, I am every everyone next to my choices, next four choices are gonna be the the four sequels to this uh to this book. <laughs> so so hopefully, you know, you guys like it because I would definitely like to uh Reread the first three and then read the the last two. I have not read the last two. Yet, oh, so. Okay, so let me get into the uh, into the uh, quick description. I I did write it down, um, and then uh, this is mostly non spoilers, and then uh, we'll just jump into spoilers when we get into discussion. And so uh, we'll go there. We'll start right now. So it's Los Angeles, nineteen eighty one, and Ethan Reckless is the person someone calls when they have a problem that cannot be fixed by normal means. If there's someone or something that needs to be found or information needed on something that, that is an enigmatic mystery, Ethan is just a phone call away. However, this has not always been the case since about 10 years ago. Ethan worked for the FBI undercover or for the FBI undercover to spy on the dealings of the sometimes violent protest group, Weather Underground. Uh, while doing this, 
Ethan fell in love with one of the members and also caught was caught in a uh, bomb explosion that caused an amnesia and a base level emotional level that uh, causes him to co- consistently be at even keel most of the time. Uh, Ethan is now doing fine working, surfing, and living out of a historic movie theater <laughs> with his young assistant Anna uh, when his former love reappears in his life and needs his help to find a person she had committed a bank robbery with years ago and had disappeared with all the money. Uh, however, since this is a crime noir book, not everything goes is as straightforward as it seems, and uh, the um, everything kind of goes left <laughs> go south very fast so that's my description okay we're so, doing spoilers right so, yeah why don't we jump in spoilers i know carrie i yes. i have big feelings about this book <laughs> okay now the only okay please don't get mad at me richard but i think the only brew baker i have read up until this point was his daredevil run which is very good which is very good (laughs) but that's the only brew breaker that i've ever read so this is a whole new like venture for me as far as the crime noir stuff uh of brew baker and it was so fucking good that i'm mad that we haven't done more brew baker I'm upset that we haven't done more Sean Phillips artwork. Um, I have never wanted to drop acid and fuck as much <laughs> as I wanted to when watching Rainey and Donovan at the time. Now, Ethan, do it. Um, everything about this book, especially because, and I don't know if Brubaker and Phillips are from California, but when you right, but okay, yeah, because when you are a Southern Californian child, and that team is hitting all your fucking marks of the one hundred one, the four hundred five, Venice Beach, all that bullshit. I told Brian before, like off air, I was like, I need to be the first one to talk about it because <laughs> I was so excited reading this. I will say this, not to uh-huh. cut, just to add no, to what please, you're saying. Please, like, please. um, I'm not from Southern California, but I visited a couple times. Yeah, and just they set the mood and the Absolutely. scene. And I like, yeah, yes. you're just there. Yes. Like when yeah. they when they show shots of the boardwalk, I was like, oh yeah, 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 no, no, I totally yeah. know those places. No, and also yes, yes, uh, yeah. I do want to drop acid and fuck because that. Right? <laughs> even though I know at the end it ends in tragedy, pretty yes. much for everybody. My goodness, did that look enticing? Oh my god, <laughs> I was like, oh, I want to hole up in a hotel and fuck and drop acid. That looks like so much fun. And people, <laughs> if you are not drug people and you are reading books about drug usage, I want to know how you are still not drug people because <laughs> drugs look so much fun. Drugs are so much fun. And there's so much fun yep. in comic books. I mean, really, it's just horrible. But um, I think that speaks to the levels, honestly, of storytelling and of artistry because you're making something that we all know is not on a moral in a moral way but in a physical way doing too much of anything that alters brain chemistry is bad you know is essential like eventually is going to be bad for you 
physically, but everything looks so enticing. The the chaotic lifestyle Donovan slash Ethan lives looks really enticing. Um, and again, I understand, and and it's not like post COVID in twenty in the twenty twenties where it's like, yeah, I now all I can afford is an abandoned movie theater because real estate's so fucking expensive and like all I can afford is to live in like a converted little room and I want to be by myself all the time it's not because it's not that it's just like you're still in LA in the 80s when there's at least seven serial killers wandering the streets at any given time and it's dangerous as fuck it's still an enticing time to live in you know you're watching this and the lifestyles of Ethan the lifestyles of Rainy uh and even Anna like they don't look like they shouldn't look like fun and this looks fun this looks like the kind of break from society that is dangerously enticing and I don't know if you guys were like me but like I got really obsessed like in my late teens early 20s especially as like 9-11 was happening and, and and everything about learning about weather underground about learning about all these radicalized groups of people who said fuck the government fuck the fbi fuck cops fuck all this shit like because they're they're killing our they're killing our people they're killing our children and i became really obsessed with that and i and you know like um patty hurst and like all that stuff you know again it's 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 not great but like there is something really i'll say it again enticing about this kind of lifestyle where you are fighting for your beliefs because you believe in humanity like you believe in wanting to perpetuate a better like more idealistic life for people than to go to war than to kill other humans and i'm not saying that they didn't do horrible shit because they did but it's just <laughs> I was like gonna say carrie i think what's so enticing about it is that they seem so free because what it yeah. always like in these type of situations in real life and in fiction it always seems to uh like devolve into hedonism and disaster yes. but like those yeah. points before that happened it's like, oh, like, yeah, and you're just kind of living life. Like, the way that, like, oh, we're like, oh, I wish things would work. Like, yeah. until it goes really bad for them, it's like, oh, they're doing that thing. That, that yeah. the world is working as, as like, you know, the way that they should. And they're not shackled to, like, yes. the, 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 the dogmatic way that we do things. It's just like, we do things that way because that's the way things are done. Yeah. And these people are bucking the system. And it's yeah. so enticing. And, and like, <laughs> like, there's a really great line in one of... um the little monologues of Ethan where he says he realizes that he was a cog in the system. He was a cog in the machine and he didn't want to be that way anymore. Mm -hmm. And finding love with Rainy made him see that. And I, for, if, if you, if you research weather underground, there is a very famous bombing. And I'm wondering if this is the reference for what happens to Rainy and Ethan is that there's a very famous bombing. I want to say in Chicago, I could, uh, it's not West Coast. It's very metropolitan. So it's, I'm pretty sure it's Chicago um, where they were making bombs in their headquarters and there was going to be a raid. 
and they ended up killing a lot of their own people by by accident and some of their neighbors because obviously they're like in apartment buildings doing this shit and, and not in like homes or whatever like there's other people involved it's a very famous bombing it's literally what made the weather underground disperse amongst that area and so i'm assuming that's a reference like what ethan goes through is a reference to that bombing um but it's very it's just I'm mad. I'm mad that we haven't done this book before. <laughs> it's like, I loved every bit about it. The colors, the artwork, um, when the facial expressions, like you expect, okay, so like uh, Ethan goes on this, Rainy dies in a car bomb. Spoiler. So like uh, Ethan, the only emotion he can feel is anger he is now going to find the motherfucker that killed rainy um he's basically sent on a wild goose chase he finds the guy when they're in that final fight between wilder and ethan and you it, the the two points it starts to make sense about how they're connected through rainy it is the facial expressions that sean phillips is able to create on on wilder and ethan in that moment where you 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 get it it's even if it's for a nanosecond you you get that they both love the same say, woman and it's um, just it's so i was really up. into rainy but way to be a messy bitch <laughs> you know yes yes but i wasn't even mad at her I wasn't but, mad at her at yeah, all, but yeah. like I was just like, "Oh, this is like the like this is very messy." <laughs> yes, yes. But and I'm gonna I, make my uh, I'm gonna make my two former lovers fight to the death. I know. <laughs> and and it's funny because like when you find that out, and there's so much like I felt so bad for her. Because I really, again, speaking to what you were saying earlier, Richard, about how before everything devolves into pure chaos, like there is that glimmer of like idealistic hope. And yep. that that's where you understood where Rainey's whole whole being came from. She was that she was that flower child that, you know, that kind of stereotype of the 60s where all they really want is peace and love and for things to be okay and for people to not die and for people to be taken care of and then she gets pulled in to all this external bullshit and it's just like oh man yes she's a messy bitch but oh you feel so bad for her yeah you feel just she's one of the more the most tragic characters i've i've yes. read in a long time and we didn't even mention that, uh, or do, that uh, the cancer on top of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what she <laughs> exactly. was dying from. I know. Yeah. And, and... I, I was going to ask um, one thing that, like, that, like, pointed me in my head is like, because these are very specific circumstances. And in those circumstances, if a loved one was like, hey, I need you to be the one that blows me up, you know, because yeah. this disease is killing me slowly and I want to, like, could you blow up someone that you love? I... <laughs> their request though <laughs> i i think um well yeah, i don't it, think i could no. yeah but her brother is 
to me also a sociopath. Yes, no, I no, agree no, with no. that. What do you mean also? Like he's yeah. obviously yeah. yeah. Ain't no ain't no wiggle room for him. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't think he had a problem. I, doing I it. and probably one of those. <laughs> but could you, Brian? Uh, no, not not personally. No, I'm not, I, I hope I'm not a sociopath. But like the thing is, this is that like the person's legitimately in pain. Yeah, and yeah, like, it's true. Like 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 that's the thing. It's it's not like oh, just a one time. It's like hey. You love me, right? Can I do? Can you do me a solid? Oh, it's, like... it's one to do that because of that, but then two, um, you know, also be drawn into a whole revenge plot to do. You know, that's another. That's another. That's yeah. Two things. One, that's probably why her brother Anton was was happy to help because he's probably a narcissistic motherfucker who's just like, oh, you know, like I I can get my jollies too. By being part of someone of, of this thing, because he's not truly helping her to help her. No, he's helping her to for like him to get the, the revenge. Yeah, to get revenge. Because he's well. like, oh, he's like, he's like, this dude's still alive. Yeah, 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 yeah. But also, too, I just realized when you guys were talking that there's a line that Ethan says when he first sees Rainy, she looks much older than she should at 32. Yeah, like life's been tough on her. Bitch has mm. cancer. Yeah. No wonder she looks like that. Exactly. And it's just like, oh my God. I just got that. It's not just life. She's sick. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Definitely. Oh. And just really quick to go back to uh the brother. Um, the the fact that he then tells Ethan that um that she was calling it off the the whole thing, uh, because she didn't want to do it to do that to Ethan. And then he still, you know, planted the bomb. Um, well, he planned the bomb before she said that to him. But but the way he tells uh, he tells Ethan is like he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, he's you like, know? well, but, it's gonna fucking happen. And he's, he's doing it, he's saying it more. He could even be a lie because he's saying it more just to fuck with Ethan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. anything else. And so yeah, um, so lots of twists and turns in this book, and yes. including what you guys think about like the CIA involvement in it as well. Oh, that's oh, the yeah. end. Yeah. So the fact that the CIA comes in, they're, they're the big the drug end, dealers. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say at the end, I was like, yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised about what the CIA was doing. I was surprised that, like, oh my god, the CIA is in this as well. You know, like, yeah, like because I was like, oh yeah, they're the biggest drug dealers in the world, probably. So yeah, I get, I get it. You know, so um, but, but yeah, it, yeah, I was, I, I thought that was kind of a cool twist as well. You know? Yeah, and, oh, and it turns sure. out that like, you know, the whole. Well, at the time, Ethan was like, "Oh, the CIA must have killed Rainey," and so I just literally got my had my blinders on and I killed the wrong person. And yeah, like, he felt bad about that as well. So, um, actually, so quick question: so obviously, Ethan has a moral compass, right? Mm-hmm. But he's a very flawed individual. Um, mm-hmm. Do you feel, uh, as of book one, do you feel that he's a good person? No. no, no, but like, I, I feel, and this is in, in the real world, I don't, I feel like most of us are just people and there's a, always yeah. a lot of bargaining. Like when you, when you read these types of stories, it's just that, yeah, like the stakes are super high. So like crazy stuff happens, but like, I feel like most of us are like, we're not out here trying to do any harm, but in the midst of things happen, people get hurt. And then like, you either have to, you either like that breaks you and you feel terrible about it or you compartmentalize it and you move on. But like, because because you you weren't you didn't show up to do harm it just was incidental and yeah. I feel like that's kind of how he justifies things to himself and kind of how 
he 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 does the job that he does because he's like, yeah, sometimes I help people and I help them really well and I change their life, but still for money. And then he's like, other times I help bad guys because they pay money too. And they pay more, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, they pay more. I think that's a really excellent way of describing that, Richard, because, uh, spoiler alert, I'm going to turn 40 the day after this episode drops. And oh, so, shoot. yeah, I know, I'm yeah. so fucking old now. But like, um, as I get older... I find that the subjectivity of morality is something that I try not to place mm-hmm. on people or things anymore. Cause I'm like, well, what's bad to me is good to you. And what's good to me is bad to you. Yeah. So, I mean, like, like you said, Richard, I mean, you said it in a much more eloquent way, but it's just like, we're all just trying to live. And sometimes yeah. things be, things get out of our control and maybe don't go the way that we had expected them to. So, yeah. yeah I, think, I, I always think that a lot of the difference is that who's trying to do active harm? Who's out here? Yes, yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like when Putin just decides, hey, I would like to have Ukraine now. Well, that's the bad guy. Yes. Now, the Ukrainian soldiers are probably murdering a bunch of people, whether they're soldiers or collateral damage. But like they're not the ones, you know, they're not trying to do that. It just yeah. kind of happens because there's a war going now. Yeah. You know, and so it's like you just do your best, I guess. <laughs> and that's kind of how I felt about uh, Ethan's character. Yeah, because I mean, he, yeah, he's a surfer and like and he has definitely that laid back like Southern California attitude and and i feel like that whole go with the flow kind of goes with that as well what you guys were saying well it's funny that you mentioned that because i'm actually very curious as to how much of this go with the flow vibe you get from him is a put on you could be because i feel like especially because he's like well i guess i just get angry now i don't have a lot of emotions yeah. You know, I remember this. I don't really remember that. Uh, I bet you he's a very tightly wound, very highly volatile, highly emotional person. Mm-hmm. And this is maybe after the explosion, this could very well be his brain coping with the trauma of everything he went through. Yeah. And is just like, okay, now you're like this because the other way wasn't working. I'm very curious as to what his real his real deal is. No, and and mm. but a big part of that is, you know, he purposely got out of going to Vietnam um, to kind of avoid you know getting hurt or killed, and also you know not you know obviously it wasn't called PTSD back then, but not getting you know what they call shell shock now. Yeah, and yet what happens to him? In his job, he gets he gets PTSD. Yeah, and he gets shrapnel <laughs> in the face. Well, it's funny because yeah. again, I'm gonna do a quick rebuttal. You're saying he didn't want to go to Vietnam because he doesn't want to fight. Yeah, all we know is that he didn't want to be a part of the war. Yeah, we don't know his reasonings for not That's going. That's true. So you know, I mean, like, but like he, he specifically said he didn't want to be killed or. Missed. Oh, did he say? Yeah, that? he says that. Is that yeah. if that was before or after the fucking? I totally <laughs> did not. <pay. laughs> yeah, but, like yeah, but it it it's it said more kind of like a, a nuance as well. Okay, like, okay, okay. Like, I don't want to be another person who gets killed in Vietnam. You like, kind of like oh, okay, yeah. Um, but and um, um, I'm not a. Uh, I've never been surfing, so I'm not a surfer person. But like when. 
in the book when they show like him just out on the water i'm like yo take me there immediately it right? looks so yeah. freaking peaceful um, wonderful <laughs> yep definitely yeah it's it's definitely calm before the storm as well you know like in those mm-hmm. situations uh what speaking about uh very uh dynamic characters um you don't get a lot of her in this book but what did you guys think about um anna i love anna yeah uh, i really enjoyed anna um she she reminded me of the character from uh private eye is a uh, driver yes yes 100 yes. that's that's a good I totally see that definitely. Yeah, That's but like no, no, callback. all the side characters that you they interact with in the book are really good. Um, there's Anna, his old handler from the FBI. Like he's a prick, but he's just a good character. Like just yeah, I like that, that dynamic. Too. Like I felt like it added so much to the story, and I really like the uh, ballsy kind of badass waitress that he kind of yes, for information. Judy, yeah. <laughs> yes, and like, yeah, she, she's Judy's like, a fucking you're gonna have to try harder. You're gonna have to have yeah, some more. That was like the stones on this woman. I love. Yeah, her. yeah. She's, she's like, white boy, you're not gonna bother me. She's like, fuck off. I'm like, yes, Judy. Definitely. That was yeah. Judy was was because you would expect in that kind of situation, you know, be like, oh, like this is this is his lead, so he's gonna get the information he wants yeah. easily from and, you know, and she might betray him. She might tell the other people that that this guy's you know coming for them yeah. but that's gonna be it but no it's it's more of a direct you know yeah. involvement like oh she's yeah like let me you're... sell my cocaine yeah exactly <laughs> she's... So, yeah she's cool um as for like the structure of the story um you're getting it narrated by ethan but what's interesting i think is that we don't know when he's narrating this. We know it's in the future, but we don't know how yes. far in the future it is, and like where he is either mm-hmm. when he when he's when he's talking about these characters and and um and talk about the situation. So I feel you get a big dynamic to the story. Is that um, why is he telling this story? You know, like like what happens? Like like why what what. What is the reason for this reminiscing? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and so, mm. um, and you, and obviously, each of the next books, you know, at least the first three are kind of narrated the same way. So it's like it is like you know somebody confessing, maybe, or at least like or telling somebody something. You know, like there's there's some nuance to the story that we're not getting because we don't know where Ethan is when he's telling the story. Yeah, that's a good point. It could be anything, I think. Yeah. Which, and that's kind of the cool thing about the and, way it's written. And that's the thing too, is that like when I get to book five, I, I don't know if I want that to be told. I don't yeah. I, maybe I don't want to know where he is. You know, because I I because I think leaving it open and ambiguous, just like having him not have a lot of emotions, it's easy to imprint yourself oh, yeah. on the character because like you know he's kind of a blank slate in a way you know even though he has a lot of there's a lot of dynamic you know personality to him but he's still you're he's still very imprintable yes you can definitely put yourself in his situation that whole situation with him and not being able to remember things it was so hot heartbreaking when he was like dealing with rainy to be like oh i know i used to love this person but i can't access those emotions but then he still he still feels something because he definitely what at first i feel like they frame it like he wanted to help her because he felt like he owed her uh-huh but then yeah. as it goes on you could tell that no there's some emotions there and then like he can't fully access them i don't know it just it hit me in a certain way <laughs> yeah no i i absolutely agree with that sentiment yeah. Very much it was so. tough to read that 
because mm-hmm. there again there's a there's a part in the internal or whatever monologue where he says that it they almost held hands and it's like their bodies were remembering right like, that fucking line got me i was like oh my god that's like that's just so tragic mm-hmm. you know it and or what he says, um, I can't, I don't have the feeling of heartbreak that I think uh, that I know I owe her. Yeah, and it's like, mm. fuck me, man. I mean, mm-hmm. again, Brubaker, like, why you got to do me like that? That was so, <laughs> that's so good. Yeah, definitely. So good, so well written. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just and what did you guys think about? Uh, well, one, Ethan feeling that like he needed to punish himself at the end of this book and to the way he punishes himself is letting Anna show the decline <laughs> yeah. of Western civilization yes, to all the punk <laughs> friends because um, like just really quick um, it, it, when you were speaking earlier about like ma- like the a coping mechanism is the way he's acting and the mm-hmm. way he like accepts things um, he you get it more in the next in the next few books and we'll be talking about it too i'm just because now i'm guessing you guys like this book (laughs) so so uh the um but but like the el ricardo is almost like his baby and and he he specifically got that he mentions it kind of in the book but he specifically got the el ricardo um because it was something that he loved and cherished and he did not want to see it destroyed and so that's why so that's 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 his baby that's his child you know like and so the fact that he then lets anna show a punk rock documentary by the way directed by the person who directed the original wayne's world movie yay Um, yeah this is this is how she got the wayne's world job because she shows she could she could uh direct like music real well oh cool by, by directing this documentary and so um so she so yeah the um definitely um and then like the place gets tear, torn up because it's just a bunch of asshole punk rockers <laughs> um as an asshole punk rocker i can say that <laughs> you know? and, and so so and then um and yeah so like like that was definitely i mean it might not seem it might seem superficial to a lot of people but like yeah that's i think that's where all his emotions and love and joy come go to is that stupid movie theater that's interesting or not stupid but, and, yeah. and i mean he also like mentions anna very briefly saying that like the way like he'll tell that story another time mm-hmm. because there 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 was real friendship and emotion between them yes so like i'm highly curious as to why the compartmentalization of emotions because even though he says i, I am robot i cannot mm-hmm. feel anything but anger uh, homie remembers what emotions feel like, yeah. and he he knows he has them. So mm-hmm. I'm, oh my god, maybe there's something like um the CIA imprinted something in him that if the, he hears a certain word or like a certain sound, he turns off all emotions, and then he hears. I don't know. I'm just bullshitting, but I mean, like <laughs> that would be a funny trope. Uh, I'm also available for editing, Mister Brew Baker. I'm very good at my job. <laughs> so- uh, we we spoke about you know obviously at length of Brubaker and we spoke a lot about Sean Phillips as well, um, but yeah de- definitely I think them as a battery of creation is is absolutely phenomenal and like they just work so well together and the thing is too is that like 
not every every story that they do, yes, it's kind of in the crime genre. It's in the noir. There's a lot of noir in it, but they're all different. And even like the art style, you know, like you can tell it's Sean Phillips, but you, but it's he he has different wells that he draws from, and yeah. this is and this is definitely like perfect art. I have to yeah. say So like I I love every panel. I mean, honestly, there was not a a color scheme. Mm-hmm. There wasn't um, anything about any page that I read that I didn't absolutely love, except towards the end. And I even made a comment. Uh, it must be right before Ethan gets to Wilder and he's on his like recon, like recon mission. Mm. He's in a van. His van, yes. It's his van. And I told Brian, I was like, whoa, when did the Scooby-Doo gang get here? Because the, <laughs> the van just like really like stood out on that page. And I'm not saying it's anything bad about the art. I just think um we had been seeing so many dark color schemes. And then all of a sudden the van is very light and very airy that it totally caught me off guard. I was like, whoa, this is a Scooby-Doo gang, but yeah. um, it it's not um, anything against anyone. It's it's my own perception. And the coloring uh, is done by Jacob Phillips, which is Sean Phillips' son. And now he... baby. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm and, totally but, joking. And he has himself become a pretty amazing, like, you know, artist. And um, he like he does like that Texas Blood and like other you know books. Okay, save some fucking talent for the rest of us. I know, I right? I don't think it's fair that it's an all one bloodline. Yeah. And um, Jacob for a long time was working out of a shipping container. That was his office. Oh my god! And it was really cool, like to see the pictures of it. Only like, thing I can inside. afford right now in California is a yeah. shipping container. <laughs> oh, times are bad. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um so uh, oh yeah, and also Jacob Phillips. We did we did do a Jacob Phillips book. We did new Newburn. That, oh, was, that was that was his. Oh, cool. Okay. Zarsky. So so yeah, so definitely a, a big talent himself, you know. Um so yeah, this is a powerhouse. <laughs> yeah, and I, I in on Instagram when I announced this book as our as our um uh, what's it called? Sorry, uh, on on Instagram when I announced the book as um our our subject for this episode, I literally called them like comic book royalty. Yeah, like, I and I'm like, agree. yeah, like indie at least indie comic book royalty. But I would just say in general, definitely like they're they're on that Mount Rushmore. <laughs> um, I would also say for people like me who have a hard time um sometimes getting into comics or getting getting into a graphic novel because you think oh like Brian said earlier I don't know the lore blah 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 um these are essentially one and dones um we're not rainy dead that bitch gone we're not gonna get another rainy story in book two so um every Ethan essentially gets a new case so to speak um and every book that we're gonna be covering of Reckless and I love that because I, I I think knowing that going into the book, you can really like immerse yourself in the story at hand as opposed to worrying about like, oh, I don't know this character from that character. I don't know where, you know, I may not like this book enough to continue or I may not have the money to get the next book when it comes out. So I need to get 
I'm going to get it later, whatever the reasonings are. I, I do like, um, I really do like that. So uh, a, a heads up for anybody who maybe has the, those same feelings that I do. Like you should really, this is a high carry recommend. Yeah. I'm, and it's not because Brian and I are married. <laughs> that is not the case. I usually disagree with what he likes. In fact, I try to disagree with what he likes because yeah. it just keeps our marriage fresh. But like, I <laughs> really, really loved this book. I'm shocked at how much I liked it. Yeah. No, and- um, I just picked it up at work, you know, knowing that we had to start. I had a slow day at work and I burned through like maybe 75% of it in one sitting. And sometimes when you burn through books, like you don't remember anything, but everything Mm -hmm. was so vivid and memorable. that like, I was just like, no, no, it's just, we read a lot of books here and a lot of books that we like and, you know, some that we don't, but it's just rare that like a book grabs me and just draws me into its world the way that this book did so immediately. Absolutely. Yeah, and as for the the continuation of the story, it is um Brubaker did mention like the love of like Raven Chandler and like those kind of like crime uh detective books um were was a big inspiration to this series. And you totally get that vibe where yeah, you can just pick up any of these books and read them out of order. Um, but um and but you know, you do get a through line, you know, with certain characters like with, with Ethan obviously and like with Anna and everything, and you get a little more tidbits about their lives as you read but you know it's kind of like um just recently uh like knives out and glass onion like yeah you know um you know the, the detective you know you know benoit blanc but you do you have benoit to learn Ball. all <laughs> you have to learn all the characters <laughs> that he's interacting with and that's what what's mm. great about this book as well is that yeah you, you get that whole new menagerie of people and like how is he going to interact with these people because it's not the same people as usual or like my once loved series that got fucking trash fell mm-hmm. by Warren Ellis. Ooh. Fuck that guy. Fuck his life. But like I was very it's the same it's the same thing. Yeah. <sighs> totally. I'm not gonna talk about it anymore. Yep. Well, I, I'm glad you guys like this because in three weeks we'll be talking about Friend of the Devil. <laughs> uh, which is this is a really great volume. title, actually. Yeah, I like definitely. that title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you know, all, I, I looked at all the titles for all the books. They're all great titles. Yeah, but um, I don't know if you read the afterword on this. It's just like he's like, oh, I wanted to make like the old Pope serials. And mm-hmm. he nails it. Like he knew the assignment as the as the youth <laughs> stay now. And, and, and the covers as well. Like, oh, yeah. The covers have are that great. Pulp, that pulp feeling to it. You know, those, mm-hmm. those pulp novels. You know, so you get all the characters on on that cover. And then you find out who they are as you read along. Oh, uh, what did you do during the pandemic? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I did this. Not nearly what, enough. What, what we're doing right now, in general, like reading <laughs> comics, and talking about them, is what I did during the pandemic. I think I cried a lot, which is yeah. also what I'm currently doing. So you're right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, you have your uh, doctorate in crying now. So oh you know, my at least God. there's that. Wow. You know what? Cryology. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> My skin is clearer, though. That's good. I mean, tears really do do a lot for your skin. It's really sad. It's true. There you go. Oh. We're going to spit it into a positive, Carrie. Don't worry. There you exactly. go. Always. Let's always. Well, uh, any uh, final thoughts about this comic before we close this one out? Read it. <laughs> <laughs>
It's good. Yeah, yeah. read it. Ed, Bre- Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips and Jacob Phillips. Very good at making comics. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you're getting so edgy, Richard. You know, like, I know. <laughs> going out, going out on that 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 limb. Yeah. Oh man. All right. So I guess that's it then. Um, we'll we'll go ahead and close this out as I give Carrie the the final notes and the nod. Oh, okay, I'll stop reading my text messages. Sorry. Okay. You can um, read them out loud if you want to. No, I'm just joking. No, no, no. Please don't. Okay. Hi. We've reached the end of the show. Uh, thank you to everyone listening to our show. And also, honestly, um, thank you to Sean Phillips for putting us on your um, IG story because we did get a lot of your fans asking about this episode. Mm-hmm. So honestly, thank you because we are really a small uh, little indie comic book podcast about indie comic books so there you go any bump that we get is highly appreciated so really thank you for doing that um and this is and, your first time thank you yeah yeah if you if you're listening to this and you weren't bothered by anything we said or how i acted specifically here's this um, thanks for staying yeah thank you. so if you're liking what you hear instagram twitter good pad good pads good, good pads. pods it's CDB pod. I have to say that because I always want to say CBD. Yeah. Um, for our book, <laughs> for our book clubbers on Friday, we announced the new, the next episode's main subject on Instagram, so you too can follow along. Um, if you want to join in on our conversation, you can email us at comicsdeservebetter at gmail And Mr. Richard, where can we find you on the internet? I am at TopCat360 on all of social media. I am coming to you from the epicenter of the sports world, sunny South Florida, <laughs> yes, that is drizzling are. right now as the Miami Heat and the <laughs> Florida Panthers as eight seeds have respectively gone to the NBA Finals and the Stanley Cup Finals. And it is exciting and terrifying I ob- I came as close till I will ever be to having a mental breakdown over something trivial when the Heat <laughs> lost Game Six in heartbreaking uh-huh. fashion. I was a shell of myself. I slept restlessly. No one should be so dedicated to something so silly and superficial as a sports team, but here I am in all my not glory <laughs> living and dying with my basketball and hockey team also the hockey team plays some other team in las vegas that no one here likes no brian is a, is a uh, big vegas knights fan and this is probably going to be the end of the podcast because our team is going head to head and once one of our teams loses we'll never be friends again this, this, this is the big rivalry right now. Yeah. This is it. This yeah. is the this is the be all end all. The, well, uh, the 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 Panthers and the the Golden Knights think they're playing for the Stanley Cup, but what they're really playing playing for is the uh, soul of the comics deserve better podcast. <laughs> yes. yes, and uh, like like I said uh, through our uh, our our chat, um, you know, I I hope that we both get to celebrate a championship. If you know what I mean. And I said no. <laughs> he, he wants it all. Um, yeah. Oh man. Um, no man. It's been a it's been a fun little time. I yes. jokes aside, like we I don't think either of us expected our teams to go this deep this no. year for me to have two teams. Like it's been insane and the world's hard. Like we sometimes we get like soapboxy about political stuff and like how 
tragic the world is right now. So just to have something that's just unbridled joy, yeah. even when it, like it's heartbreak when your team loses, but just something that's fun and trivial and the stakes are low and you can just go out there and enjoy it. It's been a really good time. Exactly. No, 100%. And it's also, it's kind of fun to have something to rib each other about. You know, that's... Oh, like, absolutely. You know, life. <laughs> um, yeah. And, 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 uh, <laughs> and, and, and exactly what you just said, like, I Vegas doesn't have... A, well, we, they don't have a first-string goalie. And they've they've used five goalies this, this year. And the person right now as their goalie is the third string of the of the playoffs. <laughs> and so Jeez. and so I and I specifically said I don't I think Vegas will do well, but they're not gonna make it to the finals because they don't have a goalie. But yet here we are. So so like okay, excellent. You know, like yeah. we'll see. Cause like for those who are not big hockey people which is you know like 95 percent of anyone that's not from canada <laughs> um is uh, is there um the goalie is like the pitcher in baseball it's like the quarterback in football or the point guard in basketball if you don't have a good one your team is not going to do well you know like mm-hmm. yeah you, those are like the crucial those are the crucial positions that you need somebody that's more than capable in order yeah. to be a successful team and so, for the Panthers, our goalie, who we were trying to run out of town not yes. a couple months ago, is now standing on his head, and, yeah. and, and he's he's less goalie than more and more brick wall at this point, and it's really weird and I great went, all at the same time. He's drinking virgin blood because he has become like thirty years younger. And yeah. Like, I don't know what happened. No, no, no. It's so funny. Like, all of South Florida wanted to run him out of town after the end of last season and most of this season. And now, like, we're, like, I'm sure people are commissioning a statue as we speak. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. And Brian, um, where on social media can we get more of these uh, sweet, sweet hockey takes from you, my friend? Oh, if I do talk about sports, it's uh, Brian, Brian, Brian underscore CB. Yes, I know my own handle. Uh, (laughs) It's on uh, Instagram. And uh, yeah, um, if I'm not taking pictures of my awesome Dungeons and Dragons slides, I might be talking about more sports. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, so. and just I don't give out my social media person uh, because it's a personal account, and lately it's been talking about my grief process, so it's not fun at all. But um, on a pers- <laughs> on a personal note, I my birthday is on Friday yeah. the second. I turn forty, and and I'm graduating. Um, with my degree uh, in Portland this month as in June as well. So there I'm sharing a couple of insider carry tidbits that are positive. Very cool. There so, you go. Congra- yeah. and congratulations. Congratulations and happy birthday, Carrie. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> and, you know, if you want to wish her happy birthday and the congratulations, comments are better at gmail.com or, or DM us on uh instagram um yes paypal is also at carrie 805 <laughs> cash app is at carico c-a-r-i-k-o um let's see you can also she has uh, an amazon wish list i have an amazon wish list <laughs> you can also email us at uh comics deserve better at gmail.com to ask for my um my venmo <laughs> <laughs> i'm taking all you know what right now i'm only accepting cash tips Okay. So that's gonna be my motto for uh turning 40. But um honestly for Richard and Brian, I'm Carrie, and this has been the Comics Deserve Better podcast. Remember, comics deserve better and everyone deserves comics. We hope you guys are doing well. Thank you so much for listening. You guys have a good one. Bye. Later. Bye. Happy birthday. Happy <laughs> birthday. All right, bye.